0: We're going to be reciting together, Churches, Matthew 1, 21 through 23. Let us read and hear the word of the Lord this morning. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, And ye shall call his name Emmanuel, which which means God with us. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. My name's Dave. Um, I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson, and uh, I actually thought of this even earlier today and was like, don't say good morning, but you know, when 50 weeks out of the year you say good morning and then twice uh, on Christmas Eve and also on Good Friday we get to say good evening. But nonetheless, it's great to be here with you all. Um, If you're new or you've never heard me preach before or you don't recognize me because I'm wearing these, uh, I'm all dressed up, um, and some of you are like, that's dressed up. Well, for here it is. Um, I I have a so I just want to give you all a, a, a heads up on that and kind of let you know what that is. So it'll kind of come in and out as we go and we walk through our time together um, this evening. And um, we know that the kids are in here too. I also want to just say that. Um, if your kids are making some noise, we will leave it to your discretion. Um, you know, that's okay. We love kids. We believe that kids are a significant part of who we're called to really pour into and shape as a church and as a church family, so they're not an inconvenience or you know anything like that. Um I might just kind of scare you down if I think it's time to, you know, take them out in the in the out there and kind of calm them down. But no, it's, again, welcome. We're, we're very glad you're here. Um, I want to just kind of say briefly how we're, how we're walking through this evening and how we've come to it um, as a church is, you know, where we are kind of demographically and some of those things, um, even early on as we launched as a church, we considered um, what, it, what it meant for us to how to walk through this Christmas Eve time. Because unlike some churches, for us, this is a time when our church typically is not as full. Um, to you know people kind of go go elsewhere during this Christmas time, but as we 've really prayed through it each year and especially this year going into it, we thought you know the significance of this time for all of us for me, um, certainly is to help kind of orient us, even going into tomorrow you know Christmas day, hopefully you 're done with shopping and you know things like that, and that this can be a time where you come wherever you 're coming from, you come here and you and you acknowledge and you recognize um, that, that, that Christ indeed is king, and that he's come, and that you're not alone, and, and, that, and that most significantly, as we'll see in our, in our short time in his word, that God is with us, that God is with you. But also that again, whatever your family situation is or things like that, that this will be a time where you remember I'm a part of a family. I have a community of people who love me, who I'm I'm not alone, who come around me, and that this will again help just shape and orient us in our time together. And so this is our last of our Advent, um, of our Advent times, where each week throughout the last um, just about a month, we've walked through what, what is historically known as the Advent season. And some of you might not have known that. Honestly, until I became a pastor, I think, I didn't know what Advent meant. Um, and, and so Advent means coming, means arrival, and so it's a time where we remember the first coming of Jesus, his arrival, right, his, his, his showing up on the scene, if you will, born as a baby about 2,000 years ago. But it's also a time where we remember and look forward to with great anticipation the second coming of Jesus, which, which shapes and informs our lives now today, even in this Christmas season in 2018. So as you see up here, the, the word hope has shaped us. Every year, no matter what kind of Sermon series, we're walking through. We walk through a a, a season, we pause, and we have a a theme that shapes us to help orient us again and and to help us remember the first coming of Jesus and anticipate the second coming of Jesus. And so, as we've walked through this theme of hope, we've looked at different, different aspects of hope, and we saw that it was an anticipated hope that God's people anticipated the first coming. Of, of, of the Messiah. And then we also looked at um, the fact that it was a promised hope and how that orients us as we look forward to the fulfillment of all of God's promises in the second coming of Jesus. And then we looked at, a couple of weeks ago, an unlikely hope that a poor, young, unmarried virgin girl was a really unlikely way for God to decide to to to, to, to come into this world. And then just... Yesterday, we looked at a glorious hope. And then today, we look at a present hope. Okay, the word that we'll see, the theme that we'll see again in our time together is God with us, Emmanuel. He is present. So with that, let me go ahead and pray together as we meet in uh, Matthew chapter 1 and we walk through his word in this Christmas story. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning that we have together God, thank you for your word that shapes us. God, thank you for your good news. I I pray that um, through this time, wherever we're coming from, I know we're all coming from different places. Lord, we ask that you will shape us, that you will remind us of our place in your story. Lord, that whatever our context is, your good news defines it, defines us. And Lord, that we would um, indeed sing sing out this good news, sing out joy to the world. The Lord has come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together... She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So Mary is this young woman. Let me just kind of set the stage here for us. Okay, this word betrothed, is engaged, engaged to be married, but it also, it's more than like in our day what an engagement would look like. An, an engagement in that way, a betrothal, was was basically the only way it could be broken was by a divorce, was by going to the court and walking through a legal ceremony where you had to be divorced, okay? So, so she's already in this thing, all right? She's already committed to be married to this man, and in that day, it, this meant that her life would be over. If her betrothal was broken because she was found to be pregnant with a child that was not from the man she was betrothed to, um, it, it, was, it was hopeless. And so Joseph, we see in this next verse here, her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So Joseph is a good guy, right? He cares about Mary He's not yet known her, it says, or, or let's see, it says before they came together. All right, we got kids in here, so I won't explain it all too much, but there, it didn't make sense yet that she would be pregnant, okay? It, it, there was no way, according to Joseph's understanding, that she would be um, pregnant with a baby. So he's like, well, I can't continue to marry her, given all these different Hebrew laws and all these different things. So he's like, I'm going to go ahead and divorce her, but I'm going to do it quietly because I don't want to shame her. And yet imagine, kind of enter into his piece of the story, right? Joseph is kind of like the other. He kind of blends in with the shepherds in most nativity scenes and things like that. You're like, who's this other guy? And, right? And We don't tend to look through the lens of Joseph that often. And yet, and yet Joseph is a significant character in the story of God, in this Christmas story of Jesus coming to the earth. And so Joseph is pondering these things, it says, right? And he's sad and confused, Okay, like probably a lot of us in this room right now, our circumstances, our situation is all we know, right? We have our head down, we're looking down, we've got whatever it is, whether it's a broken family, a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, um, the credit card bill that we're about to have to start paying off and we're trying to forget about, right, whatever else it might be, we're, we're all understandably things that can kind of define us and shape us, and, or or it's really good, right? It's like, man, finally the kids are here, the fan, everyone's flown in, and, and and I don't know if if I'm just kind of an Eeyore, I'm not usually accused of being that you know type of guy, but if we're honest, even in the best moments, it's it feels so fragile, right? It feels so insecure, like a house of cards that one. One um, little this that we forgot to check, right, gets overcooked, or one one plane flight gets delayed. I know Stephen, our worship leader, that was them a couple years ago. Um, they were stuck in Salt Lake City for hours and hours and trying to get home for Christmas, right? Right? Planes, trains, and automobiles or whatever, right? You see this. It we're one, one se- apparent catastrophe away from it all crashing down. And obviously, much more significantly here, Joseph is in this place, and he's... He's frustrated, he's struggling, he's, he's worried. He's like, man, I'm going to have to divorce this woman, and, and I thought I had it all mapped out. And... But hear me now, okay? Part of the good news, the gospel, that's what the word gospel means, the good news of God is this. It's not all about you. And I don't mean I don't say that to be mean or to say oh it's not. But listen, it's it's not like your your story, your life, your family dynamic. It, it, it fits into a bigger story, and that's what this angel tells Joseph. He 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 encourages him not by saying hey it's okay buddy, like you're right for divorcing her. You know, it's, 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 it's not on you, right? It's all about her, right? He doesn't join in here and gossip and tear her down, whatever. He says, listen, God is doing something so much bigger than even you can understand. And then he begins to share this incredible theology. He says, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about this the last few weeks if you've been with us. And if not, it's this. Okay, you sometimes, perhaps you're not from a church home like I am not. And you didn't grow up around these things. And you hear theology and you might not even know what that means. It means the study of God or the knowledge of God and you hear these things and you think it's like reserved for really highbrow people right that talk with an English accent or something and read encyclopedias all the time and perhaps smoke a pipe or something but throughout the last number of weeks what we've seen is time and time again God reveals these mind-blowing glorious truths about himself and about what he's doing to the least of these. In this case, to a poor carpenter, and he tells him, "Listen, this baby that you're going to be the stepfather for is fully God and fully man. This is the what's known as the hypostatic union. Okay, this is this is Jesus, 100 percent man." And 100% God, conceived of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to explain what this means. He says, and you shall call his name Jesus, verse 21, for he will save his people from their sins, just as he has promised. God has promised from the very beginning. Okay, let me kind of lay out the story Because we're so prone, again, to engage this kind of Christmas season, kind of disengage from everything else and just look at it here and think, okay, this is what it's all about. It's all about Christmas and we sing these songs and we we fail to to acknowledge how it fits in, right? Maybe even you're a little perplexed, I don't know if you even noticed, but we have a, a manger here next to a cross. And, and that's usually, we don't, we don't look at it this way, right? We, we fail to, to see the connection between Christmas and Good Friday and Easter, right? It's like, well, I don't know really. Like, this is the happy one, right? And those are the, Good Friday is a really depressing one. And, then, and we kind of just look at them that way, and we don't see how they connect. Well, it says, as he promised, he will save his people from their sins. It's because this. Let me tell you the whole Bible in just a, a brief moment here. This is the true story of the world. Again, whatever we're going through right now, we're defined by that story, right? We're we're, we're consumed with it. But the true story that I pray this morning defines us, shapes us, informs our relationships is this, that God created humanity to reflect himself. That God in his glory and his perfection said, I want to create intimate beings Who reflect me and all that I am. And so God took from the clay, right, from the ground, intimately, he formed man and he breathed life into him and he named us. And then he he took Eve, right? He put man to sleep and he formed from his side, from the rib, he formed Eve, and he said, and then he gave this this beautiful um, creation mandate. He said, Go and do everything for my glory, your work. Your relationships, your hobbies, right? When you're out playing golf with the friends, how you make food, right? How you wrap presents. That's convicting me. My 11-year-old daughter wrapped all my presents for me. (laughs) Thank God she's old enough now. I'm not on my, the last couple years I've struggled, right? But how we do these things, art, um, construction, law, all these different things, that it would reflect God in his glory, and that our identity and our purpose would flow from Him in everything that we do, but we went astray. We said, "No, thanks, God. I don't want to do it your way. I want to figure it out on my own. I want my identity and my purpose. I, I want the mandate on my life to be that I figured out right. I kind of, I kind of paved my own course, and the result is sin and brokenness. And again, I don't have to talk about it too much here. This." this evening for us to just recognize the world's not the way it's supposed to be. About two hours ago, I was walking into Albertsons, and a woman was getting tackled by the security guard because she had stolen something. On Christmas Eve, she's probably going to spend the night and probably tomorrow in jail. I don't know what she stole. I don't know her story, but that's sad. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And so this good news that we hear, this good news of, of Christmas is not just this little baby comes, right? Ricky B- B- Bobby, right? Oh, I like baby Jesus, but not the rest. No, it's that baby Jesus comes with a death sentence in order to die on the cross to save his people from their sins. Let me connect the dots with this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It explains this. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God's plan all along was that he would save his people from their sins by coming to us. Right? This last verse. Right? This, this last verse is that, is that he would become um, e- Emmanuel. He would save their people from their, from their sins. And then it goes on and says, And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So on this Christmas Eve, let's look at the manger and recognize the significance of God with us. Jesus born to come and enter into our brokenness, right? We know the story. It was, it, was a, it was a sad night. It was a dark night. It was a cold night. It was a lonely night, right? He, in, in his youth, he, they had to flee. His parents had to flee, right? He grew up in, in, in some ways. This isn't just getting cute with it. He grew up probably like many of us in, in some semblance of a broken home, right? His, his, his dad, Joseph, was not his father, Right, he, he came. He's near. It's not just a lofty idea that we sing about, but I hope it informs your understanding of God's love for you. God's message in this Christmas season is that he's with us. And then we look at the cross and we know that it wasn't just to be with us, just to cheer us on, but to do what we couldn't do. To put an end to sin. To save us from our sin. That because he knew no sin, as 2 Corinthians 5 says, because he never sinned, he could die on the cross and take on our sins. And then he would victoriously raise from the dead so that because though we have no righteousness of our own, no right standing before God in and of ourselves, through Jesus we can become the very righteousness of God. We have full and free access to him. And that's good news. That's a glorious hope. That's our very present hope. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, again, thank you for this evening and this time we've had. Lord, to sing, to read your word, to be reminded of this story that can become, we can become so numb to. Lord, that on the way over here, I struggled to live out of the good news of you being with us. Lord, your birth, your life, your death on the cross, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension to the right hand of God the Father, and your promised return where you will wipe away every tear, where you will restore the world and usher in your perfect kingdom and things will finally be the way they ought to be. Lord, I pray that all of that good news would shape us this evening. Lord, I pray that as we sing songs, we're able to remember individually and as a community the good news of God with us, Jesus Emmanuel. In his name we pray, amen.